from the desk below. Sounds good. Welcome back from the desk of low. I have with me, this is a first for the show. Um, trying to get a female personality on the show is a lot harder than what it seems now. But, I finally have someone who's willing to do it. We had uh, the first female rapper, Shay Noir. First gospel shinner, shout out to Miss Clara J. Now we have the first female personality to have appear on the show. She's actually got quite a resume for when I did my research on her. She's down with my guy Edo's new crack era. She's got a spot on B-Real TV and Dash Radio, so without further introductions, I have DJ Beans. Ow, hey, Lo, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, good, Queen. How you doing over there? You heard you just um, came from yoga? Fantastic. You know, I gotta get the yoga life going because this, this industry be stressful, so I can't be stressing out. You know, I gotta keep my, my girlish good looks and all of that bullshit, so you know. So wait, I can curse, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, good. Thank God, because you already know my mouth is filthy. <laughs> but you know what they say. It's not what comes out of your mouth, but what you put in it. Mm, that's a fact right there. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, I, I was aware of your personality. I peeped your interview with my guy Ty Ferris. I was like, oh, yeah, DJ Bean's the real one. Oh, man, Ty Ferris is the man. Love that guy. Yes, sir. I love that guy. Hell yeah, and I was going to say, yes, if you follow me on any social media, you already know. I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, are you, I, when I did my research, you're from North Shore of Massachusetts. Correct. So, I was born in Beverly. I lived in Lawrence, like where Term and all of them from for a long time. Um, I bounced around a lot. You know, my mom was, was in the North Shore. My dad was kind of all over the place. Um, I got thrown in the system when I was young, so I ended up right in Boston for years. Uh. I was all over the place, but as soon as I had the opportunity to leave, once I was old enough, I moved to Florida for a while. It's where I started DJing, um, bounced back to Boston, then I was out in D.C. for like nine years, and that's actually where they named me Beans, was out in D.C. when I was DJing out there. So, um, yeah, I've kind of been all over the place. Now I'm out here in L.A., you know. Oh, wow. So you went from Massachusetts to Florida to L.A. Wow. I'm a nomad. <laughs> I can't say. I, this, I've been here for five years, and this is probably... The longest I've stayed anywhere, and, and honestly, the reason I'm I'm still here and haven't made another move is because um J Ro from the Alcoholics, you know, I used to DJ for him too. Really? And, uh, yep. Past I DJ for a lot of them OGs. Yes. So uh, he's the one that actually told me that a, a lot of people they give up before they hit a five year mark, and and in five and around five years is when you really start making. Or, or I should say, seeing progress from the moves you've been making. So yes. I really kept that instilled in my mind, um, and I kept on pushing, and, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did, because this is where I belong right now. So I'm here. 
Well, and uh, not to mention, it's cold on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, at least then on the <laughs> at least then on the West Coast, you actually get some of that Cali sunshine out there. Right, and I, I mean, I'm spoiled though. I'm like, it's it's like 65 degrees, and I'm like, I'm cold. <laughs> Girl, it's plus eight up here, man. We got snow everywhere up here. Ugh, <laughs> yuck. Oh, trust me, I feel you on that, man. Can't wait till summertime in here. I feel um, your pain, low. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, said that you started DJing in Florida. Yes. Um, I actually started as I was I was working with the okay, so I'll give you I'll give you a, a quick backstory. So okay. believe it or not, little old me, DJ Beans, was into um I, w- I was real athletic when I was in school and everything, so um I was a cheerleader for many years. Okay. And uh, when I turned eighteen I went and I tried out for the Patriots cheerleaders and uh, they were like, Yo, you're a little bit too thick, but you got skills, lose however many pounds, come back next year, you got yourself a spot. Oh, they tripping. Right, but I was, I mean, I played soccer and stuff. I had them thick legs and all that, so it's all right. But, you know, it whipped me into shape. I went back the next year. I got my spot, and then um, I want to say this was probably maybe 2001, roughly. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'm dating myself right now. Uh, I meant 2011. Yeah, let's get 2011. uh, (laughs) So, basically, I've always been a Raiders fan. So, I was like, you know what, the Patriots suck. They ain't going to make it to the Super Bowl. The cheerleaders ain't going to make shit if they don't make it to the Super Bowl. I'm moving. I'm going to Florida. Lo and behold, that's the uh, the year they started their dynasty. So, yeah, whatever. I still made the right choice. <laughs> so I um, I moved to Florida, and uh, I started kind of messing around with this little um, – they were a techno label. It was just a couple of guys uh, just doing their thing, and I used to mess around on the turntables with them, and it just it, – it ended up – one night, they were like, hey, we need you to go pick up the flyers for tonight. And I'm like, all right. So I go and I pick up the flyers. And I'm like, yo, who is this DJ Deluxe that you guys have <laughs> on the on the flyer? I was like, who the fuck is that? And they just started laughing. And they knew, like, I, I collected vinyl. I used to, um, you know, pick certain drum and bass tracks and give them the records while they were on the turntables and be like, I want to hear this. Play this. So they threw me out on the damn turntables that night in the middle of Ybor City in Tampa. Um, never done it before. I oh, was geez. shaking in my boots. Um, I, I'm surprised I could even control the records. I was shaking so bad. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I got up there, there was nobody dancing. It was, you know, it was crickets. And I dropped, um, it's called the original Nutta VIP remix. And it's a, it's a, a vinyl that's actually kind of hard to get your hands on. But I dropped that joint. I looked up and everybody got up and started dancing. And I felt this high. That I was just like, I can't even describe it to you. And that was just the day I knew. I was like, damn, this is my calling. Okay. So it was like yeah. it was like the spiritual awakening I like to call when you get that feeling. Man, it was crazy. These, that, these dudes did me the biggest favor ever in life by throwing me on them turntables. I, I didn't even know. I didn't even know I had skills like that. I just, you know, I used to just mess around. So it was really dope. Oh. And, you know, it's all history from there. And do you still talk to them, just like as a reminder for where, like, you got your calling from? Or that just You kinda... want to know how terrible this is? Okay. This, it was so many drugs and shit involved back in those days um being in the techno world i don't even remember these dudes names anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> that's how terrible it is i mean i don't even know if they were still they didn't really do it seriously either it was really just a hobby for them okay. um man when i yeah i'm terrible i thought I, I think about that all the time i'm like damn i don't even remember their name. <laughs> <laughs> so well, now, bad. Well, during that time, yeah, the ecstasy was that all time. That was the drug of choice. And 
I wish I did. I would love to be able to give them the credit. I mean, I can see their faces in my head, but I'll be damned if I can remember their names. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You hold nothing back. That's why I fucked with you. Um, uh, so if y'all listening and you remember me, I'm not DJ Deluxe anymore, but holla at me. You know <laughs> so, so, so when you when you first got that rush of it, too, when did you like actually like decide? You know what? I'm gonna start doing this. So, um, you know, it, it was right then and there. I actually started really building up out there. I was opening for major drum and bass uh, DJs like Diesel Boy and stuff like that. And uh, at the time, my little brother was in foster care. Um, R.I.P. to my dad, but you know, he was he he was a heroin addict. His his wife was a crackhead. And we had to get my little brother out of foster care. Yeah. So I ended up giving it up and moving back to Boston. I took a little hiatus for a couple of years. And um, once I realized, you know, I'm I, at the time, I mean, I was only like 21, 22. I can't, I can't save a child. You know, I wasn't even good for myself at the time. And I was just like, you know what, let me get back out of Massachusetts because that place is just bad for me. Yeah. And um, that's when I moved to D.C. So I moved to D.C. and Virginia. I want to say, you know, it was the early 2000s. Um, and I just kind of gravitated towards the underground scene out there in D.C. Okay. And uh, I started DJing for some some guys in D.C. Um, from, they're called Tough Dog Hills, White Folks, Infrareds. Um, shoot, I even did a, a Howard Homecoming before. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, the, the underground just really, I, I really picked up out there. And I started uh, really pushing for the underground artists. And that's when I started getting my recognition and people started realizing, like, yo, this DJ's not scared to to play new stuff. This DJ ain't scared to play what's hot. And from there, it's just, you know, I started meeting a lot of people. What's crazy is like, uh, Boston legends, like acrobatic and Mr. Lift. Mm. I didn't even meet them and start connecting with them until I was out in DC. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's really crazy. I'd say home team kind of jumped on last, but that's how it works. Okay. But, well, uh, and it's, DC when, did it. So when you were out in DC um, doing these shows, is this what kind of inspired your Rain and Real mixtape series? Absolutely. Um, that's exactly where it all spawned from. So I used to have um, my little radio show. I was on at one point in time. Um, I think I feel like you know I was on Fleet DJ Radio. I had one of the number one shows out there for a minute. I started doing a lot of internet radio. Um, I actually had won a contest, by the way, when I was in Florida to be the next radio DJ. And when they put me on the air, their playlist was like, I had to play Lil Wayne like 14 times in two <laughs> like, hours. What the fuck and, is this? Right. So I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. So I just never got into terrestrial radio because I wanted that creative freedom to play what I wanted. And uh, so I started doing a lot of that internet stuff. And uh, it was called Spill the Beans. And then I was like, okay, well, this is just kind of too basic. I wanted to think of something else. Yeah. And um, that's when Rainy Real just kind of hit me. And I was like, you know what? I'm the queen of real. I play all the real shit. This just works. So I first switched up, um, dropped a couple of mixtapes, and then I switched up my radio show to kind of uh, put all the branding together. And uh, the Rain and Real series just really took off. And I won a lot of awards for it. Um, I've dropped over 250 volumes of it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, a lot. There was a point that I was Jesus. dropping like one or two tapes a week. Like, <laughs> I was going in. I was going in. Jesus. So, um, was, like, did you get to experience the Justo Mixtape Awards when you were putting these tapes out? Oh, low. I'm going to tell you right now, because you just mentioned that, you're one of my new favorite people in the world. So I was at, uh, I was, I was at the homie Huss's house the other night, 
and I and and they were like, yo, we didn't know that there were mixtapes awards and stuff like that. And I was like, y'all never heard of the Justos? <sighs> so here's what's crazy is um, R.I.P. When Justo died, yes. another another DJ took over for him. And he had reached out to me and was like, Beans, I want you to be a part of this. I want it to be you, Red Alert, Lazy K. Um, and he tried to put the Justos back together and keep it alive. And it, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Uh. So, right. So I didn't, I didn't get to experience it in its prime. But it was an honor that they had reached out to me to try to bring the resurrection back for it. Yeah, because um, you're definitely one you know, of the ones. Yes, I mean, that's the biggest, you know, um, Global Spins has never even acknowledged me, and that's okay, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, because I know, like, a lot of the, the, the realists have, and I've won a lot of awards, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm, people that I'm huge fans of, like, you know, Green Lantern and stuff like that, I've, I've won awards over them and stuff before, so. Yeah, so, like, so I'm, that beats anything. Right, I'm, I'm honored, so unfortunately with the Justos, I didn't get to experience it, um, but. Like I said, you know, I was part of when they were trying to put it back, uh, put it all back together. I wish it had worked out. Unfortunately, it didn't. But you know, what's meant to be will be. Um, still dope to be acknowledged. You know? Yeah, even like to be like thought of, of like the rebranding of it too. Oh, I was honored when he hit me up. He said Red Alert, and I was like, Holy! Like the Red Alert, I would have right been like, <laughs> like right. I was like, Wow! Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, but I, it's dope that you said that a lot of people don't um, don't remember the Justos, unfortunately. But you know, where where we got this resurgence of hip hop going on right now, hopefully people will go back and research the elements, and you know, go back to the roots and and learn about all these things. Hopefully they'll bring them back. because oh, because like that's been on my mind lately too. Because ever since like this underground Renaissance, I thought about like. What made you really, like, fall in love with, like, this, like, like underground scene? So I started to think, I'm like, man, it was, like, those DJ ski tapes. It was, like, right. the gangster girls when game was going at G. And that's what made me fall in love with, like, the scene. Same. Same here. Like, I used to, <clears throat> when I was in D.C., I used to drive to New York on a regular basis just to grab grab some pizza and grab a shitload of mixtapes. <laughs> you know? That, that, that was it. I'm like, oh, I gotta have this shit in my life. Same here, like that. You know, that's where you get all the, you know, the um, the locks exclusive, yeah. papoose, and you know, all of that stuff. And what's crazy, um, when I the first time I had to DJ for Edo before I was New Crack era, um, I went back. You know, I had to go to his back catalog and research and just get myself fully familiar. Yeah. And uh, I was listening to New York New Money with Green Lantern. Ooh, I, and I can't, yo, I can't remember what song it was, Lo. But I said, damn. I heard this shit back in the day. <laughs> like, little did I know I had been listening to Eat on 38 Special for how many years? Yeah, because they were I fucking with no Green idea. Lantern. Yes. I mean, Green Lantern holds it down for E. They've, they've made some really dope joints together. So, um, <laughs> you know, that whole world. But it's crazy how it's crazy how it works and everything just kind of loops back around like that. Um, are you a big believer in destiny? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I, I firmly believe in everything happens for a reason. Um. <laughs> Well, that's why that I brought that stuff. up because it's like because a lot of people don't know like little Ito uh, used to go by little Ito and this guy had a whole discography because a lot of people this upstate scenes new to them if you go back dude to history this has been going on they've been doing this exactly and and you know there's a lot of people's back catalogs you go back to and you're like ah they had some dope stuff it was cool um, and what's crazy is if you go back and you listen to to Ito stuff 
shit. I mean, it's still it's still cohesive and relevant to today. He he was <laughs> producing and spitting bars back then that I still play on my radio show now. And, and and it's crazy, like, how you don't have to change within, like, if you really believe in something, too. Because a lot of artists would be discouraged after a certain amount. It's like, you know what, it's not really working. But some artists don't actually change their sound. Ever. And then he's definitely one of them. He has, has taken that style with him for so many years. Um, and he deserves every ounce of, of success that he sees this year because... Um, Lyrically, nobody nobody is in this dude's lane. Like I, don't, you can't compare anybody to Edo because there's a lot of people that are dope and doing it right now. But he's he's you just you can't compare him. His he is the I just call him like the one liner master. Like he can just spit three or four bars and you're like, ooh, damn, put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's a fact. I'm saying. We don't get a piece of the pie. We get a pie Ooh, a piece. One of my Come favorite on, lines e. off of Hell's Roof. Woo. Come on, E. You know what I'm saying? That so, man is ridiculous. <laughs> so, so, so I was curious then because, like, you know, he has a, um, a very deep history with my guy, Flea Lord. Um, when did you, like, hear Flea Lord? Um, shoot, where was the first place I heard Flea? I'm trying to think. I'm sure. I, I want to say it was probably on... A Conway joint or something. Okay, okay. Um, it, I'm not going to lie. It took me a little bit to warm up to Flea. Yeah. Um, it did. It, and and now he's one of my favorites. I'm not even going to front. He's a cool dude. He works so hard. His work ethic is what actually made me give him another chance. And I'm not saying I disliked him. It was one of those situations that I was just like, all right, he's dope, but... It's not, it wasn't making me stop and go look for his back catalog. Yeah, yeah, because like some artists do, like, okay, that's dope, but it's not going to make me run to it. But when you hear that one song by them, it's like, okay, what the fuck? Okay, I need to go back. Right. So, I mean, I'm sold. You know, the, the album he put out with Spech was dope as hell. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, Rock America, I mean, obviously, that is what really made me be like, oh, man, see, that, that's the thing about somebody like Edo. You know, he's going to bring the best out of somebody because you know when you get on a track with him, you got to come correct. So if you can do an entire album with Edo and every single track is super strong, I'm sold. <laughs> I, I will never doubt you again. And I will be meeting Flea in real life very soon when Griselda's out here. And uh, I'm going to tell him all that. I'm going to I'm gonna let him know, like, you can't tell me nothing. I'm sold. <laughs> that shit. <laughs> I'm sold. Well, like um, well, and it's like also it just takes like one of those verses just to be sold to because it's all about what you hear first. I like to say. Agreed, and especially if I'm, I'm not going to lie either. You know, I um I don't, I'm not going to say I'm closed minded by any means because I'm not. <laughs> but if I'm like if I'm listening to a Conway project, for example, you know I'm I'm listening for Conway. Like yeah, features are dope, but I'm trying to see what what Conway is going to deliver. So I'm not really paying attention to all the other. You know, the features and, and, and stuff like that. I'm listening to the production. I'm listening to his bar work. And then by the second or third time I go through a project, that's when I'm like, oh, wait, let me go back and see who that feature was. They dope. <laughs> um, I have a very weird process <laughs> when it comes to me listening to stuff, but uh, it works for me. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> so, but like everybody has their own way of actually listening, like that I've taken into music. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm a person, if, if I fuck with something, I mean, shh. I'm addicted. That shit's going to be in my CD player and the whip for like six to so like, I, I tell Ty all the time, ramen noodle nights. The CD has been in my, in my car CD player for months and I go to take it out and I end up putting that shit right back in. I'm like, all right, 
Hook up the aux cord for other shit, but that's staying in the season. Like, that shit is so fire. And it's old. I've been listening to it for, you know, a little over a year now when he when he put me on to all that stuff. But, man. See, so. uh, I love to hear, like, you said, like, it's old. That's because you've been on somebody like Ty for a while now. Because, like, um, I always see, because I like to pay attention of somebody who I'm early on to. So when I see, like, new fans that comment, it's like, I found you on the disc. It's like, did you not hear Room 39? Did you not hear right. Ramen Noodle Nights? Like, y'all need to go back. Exactly. Like, the, the I'm so <laughs> proud of him, and I know that he really put his foot in uh, No Cosign 3. Oh, yeah. Like, that series he, is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I like how you brought that up, too, because each one of those no cosigns, he got better of each one. Every And every one was dope as hell. <laughs> yeah. that's, what's, that's, that's what's amazing, is when you can come across an artist and listen to their stuff from a few years ago, and it's strong, and then every single one you listen to, they're co- progressively getting more dope. Yeah. But you already know that they're dope. That shit is beautiful to see, because ain't nothing worse than... I mean, it's hard. Like, I said to Planet Asia the other night, I'm like, how the fuck do you not run out of bars? Like, (laughs) how have you been doing this consistently for so many years and dropping all this work and you never come weak? Your shit is always correct. So when you have an artist like Ty who does everything himself, he mixes everything himself, he, he structures everything himself, he has complete control, that's all him. It's amazing to see him get better when you can still go back to his shit from a few years ago that's super dope. Yeah. And you can't even question it. So <laughs> it's actually kind of scary. Like, Ty, Ty is scary. That's, you know, Ty Harris, his little alter ego. He's, he's a scary, scary man. Right. That man. <laughs> I swear, him and Bob Rock got me died on social media sometimes. Oh, they're ridiculous. I call them, I call them, um, I call them Bub Ferris and Ty Rock. <laughs> They're ridiculous. I love me some Bub Rock. I swear, the, them walkers, the, those are my boys right there. Woo, I got I so like... much faith in them, but yeah, they ridiculous on social media. Yeah. It's terrible. I always say, Better I was like, they need their own show. One day. Mm-hmm. Oh, they know it. Don't don't blow their heads up with that, because you know they'll do it, too. Oh, shit. I might have to blow their heads up. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they deserve it. They deserve it. <laughs> I'm getting tired you know. of everyday struggle out here. Man. Now, well, now, 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 not to duck Wayno or Nadeska, but the other guy who's my age, I don't know, but he don't know who Black Moon is, so I can't rock with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but, gonna have to keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. That's what I said. I was like, you don't know Black Moon? All right, son, we, 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 I'm from a different yeah. era. Yeah, <laughs> what do you know about hip-hop? So, so... I'm, you know I'm a super dickhead, so for shits and giggles the other night on Facebook, I posted, um, who's Jay Electronica? <laughs> oh, my God. It was the funniest and dumbest thing I've ever done at the same time. But this one dude commented and said, I guess you don't know much about hip-hop. And I was like, who are you? Where did you come from? Why did you add me? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know nothing about hip-hop, bro. You right, you right. Somebody told me copy and paste it into Google. I was like, word? That's what Google's for? Bro. I'm like, yo, please take my DJ card from me if I don't at least know who Jay Electronic is. Like, come on, son. <laughs> well, um, I, it's 2020. I was waiting for that album in 2009, so we'll it's see you in 40 days. It's coming out the same day as Detox, bro. It's coming out the same day as Detox. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, much respect, he's a talented man, but good God. <laughs> I you like, know what? Don't tweet, don't tweet that your album is done. Just fucking drop it already. Especially for it's dropping in 40 days. Like, come on. That means it's not dropping, if you ask me. 
I like how you said that um, we're getting the same day's detox. When he made that tweet, I posted a status on my Facebook. I was like, if we get this electronic album, can we get fucking detox? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, that, that, that's definitely done and gone. I've, I've been to, to record one with Dre, and Bishop has gone in there to work on some stuff with detox and stuff like that. I, I, I saw the possibles, but, the, you know, when a Straight out of Compton came in and all that stuff, I get it. I yeah. feel like he, at least Dre still <clears throat> put something out for the fans, you know. Because at least, I mean, Jay Electronica performs. That's the thing. Yeah. Dre don't, Dre don't perform. So it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, at least you still get a little bit of fix when it comes to Jay Electronica. But um, I'm not going to sit here. Like I said, he's talented, but he's not somebody I'm checking for and stuff yeah. like that. Um, you know, consistency is definitely key for me and stuff like that. Uh, much respect to the man and all that, and I, I you know, I, I know he's been through it in the industry. So okay. if he does drop this album, it'll be amazing, dope. But I mean, not to mention, think about the pressure he's putting himself under. Oh yeah. Because if you've been hyping this for so long, now you've got to drop this incredible project. <laughs> I would just be like, yo, forget it. Like, forget it. I'm, I'm working on something else. There's too much pressure for me. I don't care how dope you are. <laughs> like, you're putting yourself under unnecessary pressure, bro. And each year, it was more pressure when he did not release it. Right. So you drop something like that, now your notifications are going bananas. You're missing texts from your family and shit because your Twitter and your Instagram's going crazy. You got assholes like me posting who's Jay Electronica. I mean... It's just, it's too much. It it's is. too much. Just Beyonce that shit. Don't tell nobody, drop it. Yeah, because we're at a day and age where you could just drop something. It, really? I mean, that's, that is, there's so many um, negatives, but beneficial things to the internet. You know, back in the day, being on the East Coast and collecting vinyl, you'd have to be lucky to pull a white label out of something. Ooh. Like for me, I've pulled out like white labels of 50 Cent and Sean Paul, uh, shit like that. But to get the East Coast, West Coast connection and, and to be able to know something's going to drop, not from having like word of mouth and record labels, is huge. Now, the negatives are people's attention span is so low oh. that, you know, people feel like they got to drop constantly when you really don't. You can let stuff catch up to itself, but everybody's kind of greedy because everything's at their fingertips. So you drop something and then, you know, even if this shit is, is you know, I don't use the C word loosely, but if it's a classic, mm. you know. You, you still, you want something else. You hungry for more because, yeah. you know, there's 52 other people that are dropping next week. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, albums used to be 20 songs that last an hour and now albums are more like EPs. You know, yeah. you're lucky if you get your 15 track joint, that's, that's all songs. Um, and, and that you can go back to and actually listen to. Exactly. And, and that's for me, that, that's how I, you know, I, I deem something a classic and not. If, if that shit can get um, consecutive spins and I can listen to it back to back to back and then I'll be doing something I'm like nah I need to listen to that <laughs> you know what I'm saying and then a year later it's still the same way I still get them chills I still get them feelings I'm still putting shit in my radio show that you know I used to play a couple of times a show and stuff like that if I'm still playing that a couple of years later to me you know you've got the classic on your hands so well yeah and I like how you said the attention span too because you'd be surprised on like well actually you're probably not but the attention span out here is weak. Oh man and I mean it's look at the internet though you know what I mean that <laughs> all day long people's phones are in their hands and you got Spotify and you got all this other shit now that they make suggestions to you so you might come across it like that. Um, there's not a people a lot of there's not a lot of people that are like us who can recognize greatness before somebody co-signs it. You know, one of my biggest things to say is, you know, you can make a record 
Uh, you can play a record when it's already hot, but can you make it hot? Because so mm. many people are so scared to play stuff before the internet has made it go viral or before it has this many numbers or before so-and-so, somebody with a damn blue check has co-signed this other person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's people like us that helped this renaissance happen. Yeah. Because the attention span is so short, it's hard to, to grasp that attention. Well, and then also, too, like, I think, like, the real should be, like, um, that's the word, acknowledge, instead of, like, because, like, we're in an age where it's, it's basically junk food hip-hop, but there is actually hip-hop out there where you can fully digest, and you're not going to get sick from it. I like that. Junk food hip-hop. <laughs> that's dope, Lo. Put that on a shirt, baby. That's dope right there. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, because like um the way that I view it like that is too is like because like they say like you know what you eat is like you know it's what you put out but it's also what you put in your ears and your mind right because right. if you're gonna That's listen right. to Molly Perkinson all day sooner or later the kid's gonna fucking do it you know I'm sure <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> but now because you said it, now you know, maybe that's going to come across my timeline and I'm going to listen. I don't know. <laughs> One of these days, it probably be like, oh, so that's what Lo meant. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> so, um, because you have mixtape series, though, but you actually have um, an upcoming project titled Deadly Venoms. Now, I read somewhere this is your debut album. It is. So I'm I'm so excited about this because um, mixtapes, I'm not going to lie, mixtapes paid my bills for so many years. I, I never sold them. I didn't want to go down for piracy, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, physical physical copies I used to take donations for and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, you know, people used to book me and all that. So I used to really eat off of it. And I'm like, okay. So I've dropped a couple of mixtapes in the past couple of years that don't get the numbers that I used to get. Um, they get the listens, but... You know, it, it's me playing music that's already out and stuff like that. And yeah. nowadays, um, you know, my mixes, I've never been one to be screaming on them and dropping tons of tags. I like them to be rideable so you can enjoy it. But now I'm like, yo, I might as well DJ Khaled this underground shit. Because, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, somebody finally. I, see, I didn't want to see the term <laughs> DJ Khaled in. Because I, I will all day. <laughs> but as you, as you were saying, sorry to cut you off. It's got excited. No, it's okay, please. I'm the queen of cutting people off. And I deserve it from time to time. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just like, how can... And I, I constantly have people hit me up, and they tell me they want to support me. They want to buy stuff. Where's my merch? Where's all this other stuff? And I've been putting stuff together for merch for a while, and then I'm like, ah, I don't know if this is as dope as I want it to be. So the concept just kind of came to me. Um, and I, I'm going to thank Hus Kingpin thoroughly for this, because I was sitting at his crib one day, and he's like, Beans, drop a fucking album. He was like, you know so many people, why don't you reach out to people and drop an album? And I was like, yo, I, I guess I never really thought about it like that. Because you know when you're friends with so many dope people, yeah. you just it doesn't cross your mind. Like, wow, I can hit up these dope people and we can put some tracks together. We can do this. Um, so the whole concept behind it, obviously, the Deadly Venoms is, is that um, bars matter. Production okay. matters. You know what I'm saying? These people are spitters. This shit, they, they are deadly. I need to give them some the exposure, use my platforms, but I need to eat too. So it's not really so much about the money, but it is a way for me to be able to actually start um, getting merchandise out there and monetizing and kind of starting a new series. So I'll always have my Rain and Real mixtapes that I can give away for free, but I'm going to start dropping these albums on a regular basis. Um, so this has been 
an incredibly dope learning experience. It's been humbling. Um, I, every single artist that I reached out to was like, Beans, I got you. Um, <laughs> with, with, with no hesitation. And uh, this was supposed to be something I was... Huss was like, yo, just put it out. Just put it out. And I was like, all right, all right. But then, you know, little things start coming together. Like I got Ty, Ito, and um, Boo Boo the Prince over at Diggs' house one day. Yo, let's put a track together. So, you know, things, things start coming together like that. Um, and it kind of just came together organically and everything that I've gotten collectively has just been so dope. So I've got smooth, I got terminology, I got Huss, um, I got Stu Bangers, I got Ty Ferris, you know, I got Bub Rock, I got Rim, Eddie Kane, uh, Jay Black. I got a track produced by Edo on there. I got a couple Edo joints, of course. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Of course, it's mandatory. Boo Boo the Prince is on there. You know, New Crack Era is in full effect on this on this album. Um, okay. And I have a lot of people in the pocket to start working on the next one, too. Um, so I'm really, really excited about it. And uh, that's going to drop March 6th. I'm actually going to put... Um, I'm going to put my pre-orders and the, and the CDs and everything up uh, probably within the next couple of days, actually. Okay. Um, okay. We got hoodies out now. Uh, the artwork was done by the almighty Nan Live Invasion. Okay. Um, she captured what I wanted so bad because, you know, Deadly Venoms, if you, if you know the movie, The Five Deadly Venoms, it, it's a Wu-Tang movie. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, yes, ma'am. You know, so it's all, it's all right, whatever, you, whatever. I'll call you ma'am next time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so she, she captured... Because art is is so important. The visuals are so important when it comes to the cover. Uh, something exactly because you know if your shit's weak, people it's not going to draw attention and it's not going to give it the full uh, effect that you want to have. So she really grasped the concept on that. So we got some really dope hoodies out, uh, t-shirts, and all of that stuff is at um, deadlyvenoms.bigcartel.com. You can cop some things over there. Ooh, um, okay. I've got a couple of things I'm not going to speak on yet, but a couple of things in the in the background. I'll be doing some exclusive drops with some other people for the album as well um, when it comes to merch. Um, we'll probably slowly build our way up to that as I'm working on the second one. Okay. Um, yeah, so this is going to be really dope. So Deadly Venoms is going to drop uh, March 6th. Um, I'm really excited about this. Um as you, know, you shared, just, as you shared. Man, I'm telling you, that it, and it's been such a dope learning experience from putting out so many mixtapes for so many years and, and having, I used to do artist development, so I used to help artists put out albums, but it was, for me, I was like placing them in the correct studios um, and putting them with the people who could help put them, you know, on a different level. I wasn't doing all this myself. So to now be doing this myself and to be really learning I mean, I'm, I'm like, you know, I got so much more respect for artists now. Because <laughs> you know like, what they'd you know, be going through. The process is insane, you know? And I'm, I'm not, it's not like I can get on and, and, and spit some buys on the shit if I decide <laughs> I don't like it so much. You know, I, I, got, I got to make it work. And, um, oh, I forgot to mention, I got, I got Almighty M80 featuring RZA and Solomon Childs on this bad oh, boy, too. So I got yeah. fucking RZA on my first album. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, so. is, is um <laughs> is for the lady that you said, uh, the Natalie Invasion lady, is yes. she the one who did the Ken Crooked and Bronze Nazareth cover? She did. So she she recently did that. Um, I I I get which album it was, but she actually did a Rock Marcy album. Oh shit! Um, Nan did a lot of stuff for Benny the Butcher and stuff like that at at, at one point in time. Um, yeah, Nan been doing this. Like, Quest Love wears her art. Wow, that's the roots right there. Right, right. So, you know, she's very talented. Um, Okay. 
And she, uh, the last Griselda show that was out here, she did a live painting of Conway on stage. Oh, and, wow. I, th- I think I seen that when someone tagged Conway in it. Yeah, it was a black and white joint. It was phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was really, really dope. Um, well, so. speaking of that, too, you know what's actually kind of crazy now that I remembered it now? Um, you obviously know the King Crooked. <laughs> yes. I, I, I like of, DJ for him sometimes <laughs> and stuff, you know. <laughs> and then, um, that dude's in my top five right there. And, uh, oh, absolutely. What, one of my very first guests. But, but this is even more crazier. Um, you know, me and you got shouted out on the same song together? We did! Yo, as a matter of fact, Matt, that's why when, when I first spoke to you, that was the first thing that went through my head. I was like, oh, we got shouted on on the crew joint. Yes. Um, that's and, right. that, and, and that beat right there is one of my favorite beat flips because, you know, the original Naughty by Nature joint, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> like that beat right there. So when he did that, and, and at that point in time, Crook was sending me the tracks um, before they dropped on Friday so I could get them in the mix on the show on Friday. So when he sent me that one, I was like, yo. You're the fucking illest. That, it was so dope. So he sure did. So that was for everybody that needs to hear it. That was on Barda. It was King Crooked's uh, weeklies. Me and Lo got shouted out like a motherfucker in that thing. Week seven, you only need to tap the fuck in. Absolutely. Um, shout out to Crook. He's the man. I got much love for that guy. He's, yeah. he's definitely one of the dopest, and he's one of the most humble. Yeah. Yeah, for him to fucking be my seventh guest on some kid he don't even know radio, yeah, man, that meant a lot to me right there. I ain't gonna. That's throw. amazing. Yeah, that's dope. That's a, that's a good look for your resume, Lo. All right. <laughs> but honestly, excuse me, I haven't even interviewed Crook yet. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> but 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 honestly, Queen, like, um, this is my calling because like I couldn't find like for twenty eight years. I was just trying to find my passion, like from like photographer. Um, being like a gamer or like fucking like being a bike rider, but none of the shit was sticking. So I started this podcast. But when I first started, it just you know it wasn't really hit until I got my first guest. Now Kid Vicious. Now when after that phone call, it just changed everything for me. Oh, that's my guy right there. Love Vish. Yeah, that's Vish good. The the Alien game. I hope he's uh, on the new album. Alien gang all day. Look up, baby. Look up. He's a shit. And um, I hope he's on the new album, Deadly Venoms. Oh, my God. So, okay, Vish was supposed to be on this one. Okay. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he's been busy, and I didn't really... The thing is, I reached out to people, but I didn't really press. Okay. So, uh, you know, for the people after I say something, like, once or twice, I'm like, it's all good, because I'm going to come to you for the next one. Because there's <laughs> going to be so many to come. So I was kind of like, that's why Crook's not on this one. That's why Planet Asia's not on this one, because there's going to be so many dope motherfuckers on the next one. I'm like, I didn't want to blow my load on the first album. <laughs> I'm just going to You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and end up, like, being 50 centing myself to the point that I'll never be able to live up to my first album. Like, no offense, I love 50. Let me know. He's going to come at me now. I hope he don't listen to this shit. He's going to come at me, and I'm going to get fried by 50 cents. Because I said that. But, but if uh, not, yo, 50, <laughs> don't come at her. Come at me. I need the exposure. <laughs> yeah, right. Come at Lo and get on his show and diss me back, bro. But it wasn't really a diss. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> but it, like you were saying, that's a blessing for you to be able to find your calling, though, because um, a lot of people, they search and search their whole lives and their whole careers, and they never find that one thing that gives them that, that passion and, and gives them that drive. Yeah. And, and especially, like I said, what you're doing right now, I appreciate what you do for the culture because you do have that ear. You have that respect and support levels that a lot of people are either too scared to give or just don't know how. 
Well, and it's also, too, it's just for the love of it, too. And this is why, like, when I see someone like a DJ Beans, like, that's a female in the culture. I was like, damn, we need more females like her in this culture. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that. I have the elements of, of hip-hop tattooed on my back, and I have stayed true to this for so long. And, and like you just said, the love for it is what drives you. If you don't have love and um, the confidence in what you do, you're not going to be good at it because it, it takes a certain kind of passion and it takes that love to really drive you to be good at this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, Can't just you jump know, in it for the money and think it's going to work. Exactly. That's why, like I said, for me with the album, you know, of course I still have to eat, but it's not all about the monetary value. It's about being able to put out work that people can buy and, you know, and have physical copies of that will last forever and stuff like that. Well, um, well it, it also shows like like the work that you put into. It's like you do deserve to be char uh, to be charged people for this work because it's like we're not giving you no bullshit. You're actually giving them quality product, and they can check the resume for like if they don't believe it. Exactly, and not to mention, you know, every single one of these artists that's on there, they got so much love for me, and I'm like, yo, I, I want to make sure we all eat, and they're like beans, like. We got you. You know what I'm saying? You hold us down. And so to hear that come from them is is super dope, too. Like, it just makes me want to go even harder because I'm like, it doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and to me, I don't I do not do this to be noticed. I can't lie. I have my moments where I'm like, yo, these motherfuckers ain't giving me credit. I put this shit together. Like, you, things like that. You know what I mean? But I'm like, yo, but I didn't do it for the credit. I did it so people would listen to these artists. I do it. So these people can get recognition. Um, I have a method to my madness. If you ever go back and listen to my mixtapes, um, Ty even asked me one time, he was like, I noticed that you play the same artists kind of like back to back on your tapes and stuff like that. And I said, exactly, because I want people's voices to be instilled. So when they go and they look and they're like, who is this? And like, oh, it's Rim. Okay. And then the next track that comes on, they don't have to look because now they recognize Rim's voice. Oh. Stuff like that. So... Maybe, you know, that was a gem. Maybe I shouldn't have given away, but if other DJs do it and it works for them, hey, do it. Hey, and, and it's beneficial for the artist, too. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, like I said, I have I have crazy methods, and I, I go super hard for people that I have faith in that I, I feel like are not getting the recognition they need. Um, and like I said, so I'm not doing it for the recognition for me. I'm doing it for them. Because so. of, because if you if you like it, you obviously want to tell other people like yo, we're right here. Yo, did you listen to DOA? Like you go to y'all need like like right. stuff like that. Oh, that's my shit. That was such a good album. <laughs> yeah, it was. Word, it word, really was. Shit. <laughs> oh. So you know, so and and that's the thing too. I actually um, I had read somewhere somebody had told me, and I read it somewhere too that they you know they say if there's one person who loves your shit, one song even. There's one person that genuinely loves it. That means that there's millions who are going to love it just as much, if not more. Yeah. So it's just a matter of you getting it out there to people. You know, if there's one person that you know is credible to you on, on liking shit, and they're like, yo, this is fire. If they love it, there's going to be millions of people out there that are going to love it as well. It's just a matter of doing the work to get it out there to the, to the right places so it gets heard, which is the hardest part. Yes, yes, because like with the internet and the Instagram monetizing shit now, it's just like, I oh, go, we're going back to Twitter because we ain't TikTok in here. Right, and that's <laughs> a, I, I literally had a conversation about this earlier today. It's very frustrating for me, especially 
because I got like 10,000 followers on each of my platforms. Yeah. And I'll drop something that's got, I'll show tons of skin and boom, that shit's getting like eight, 900 likes. I show a little tiny bit of cleavage, okay, a couple hundred. <laughs> I put up a track list or a promo video, that shit's getting 80 views, 100 views. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, they are blocking the shit out of the Boston baked bitch. Like, can I live, motherfuckers? Like, God damn, here's your little five dollars to promote my shit. Can you let my followers see this shit, please? Like <laughs> <laughs> they, they following me, like I'm just saying, there might be a reason they're following me. They might want to see something other than my cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, although, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people that's what they want to see, but whatever. They get get my fucking album. Fuck my cleavage. <laughs> I mean not say fuck my cleavage, because then I'm gonna set myself up for some. I was gonna say, jokes. if you wanna see B's cleavage, just tune in to Be Real TV, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> So now let me let me bring that up. Okay. Um, I gotta give much love. So I was uh, Zulu Tribe Radio on Be Real TV with um, Mark Love, Viciously. Viciously was Pox DJ. Uh, Mark Love was Farside's first DJ. Ooh. I was in there with like Mike C, DJ Hydro, People Mover. We had an incredible staff. We were supposed to be coming back on the air last week, um, but Dash just restructured and moved studios, and Be Real TV did the same thing. So Be Real just uh, rebuilt the whole studio and everything. And right now, they're only set up for podcasts and the smoke box. Um, okay. So, you know, that was live every Monday and we were on video, we were on camera and all that stuff. But now it's not set up to do that anymore. So, unfortunately, we have retired Zulu Tribe Radio. Um, it doesn't mean that I'll never be on Be Real TV again because I got, <laughs> I got a lot of love for all the other people that are up in there. But unfortunately, we're not going to be on there every week anymore. It's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a bummer, but, um, you know, Mark Love made the executive decision. It was like, it's just time for all of us to kind of move on after nine years. I've been with them for four. Um, yeah, so we, I mean, we, it was amazing. And I will say that, that my last interview I did in there was 38 Special, Ty Barris and Shay Noir. Ooh. So, yeah. That, that's so, a good way to end it. I was going to say, so I went out with a bang. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, I'm, I'm very happy with that. It was a great, it was a great show. We had a lot of fun that day. Um. So sad, but so many dope memories in there. I mean, that that show connected me to so many legends. And, you know, I got to meet Sick Jack in there. And now, you know, he's a good friend of mine. And, you know, it's, just, it's, it's really dope. The legends that came through there that I'm now actually friends with. So Because it's all and, about um, the impression that you first leave on. Now. Exactly. And people are like, this bitch is fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're either going to hate me or you're going to love me. And if you're going to hate me, it's because I'm annoying. So yeah. I understand. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's why, that's why I love you, DJ, because you hold nothing back, too. And you'd be surprised on, like, some of the people when they're talking. And it's like, maybe I shouldn't say it. It's like, fuck it, be yourself. Right. And, it, like, I... I some of the shit that comes out of my mouth might sound disrespectful, but it's no disrespect. I'm just keeping it thorough. <laughs> You're being beans. I'm just exactly. I'm just being beans. Can't help it. Now, <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I was curious too. Now that um that you uh are not with uh Zulu Radio now, do you think that you'd be starting up your own show? Oh, I have my own show. I have um so I have Raining Real is on every Friday. On um, it's on Dash Radio. It's on the Native Rhyme Station. Um, so I still do that. My co-host is Jake the Snake from Boston. Okay. Uh, he's another one that's you know diehard. He's super smart, but he's super out of line and ignorant, um, just like me. So he's perfect. <laughs> Wait, did co-host. you guys do a ba- Babu the Prince recent uh, interview recently? I think I caught yes. that. I did. Yep. Okay, yep. my bad. Well, I did catch so, that one. 
We 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 um interviewed Boo Boo by himself um with Hex Luther who's also on the album. Um and then a couple of months back when Ido was out here with Mayhem Loren, uh we brought Boo Boo back on there with Ido. Okay. So um and I do like while while Dash was down and all that stuff, I did re-air a few interviews and stuff like that. Um you know, I've had a lot of dope people on there. I've had Crime Apple. I've had Benny. I was just going to um, say, that Benny interview, you oh my God. I've done that was a good one. That, that was a good one. <laughs> it was. It was. Because I love it when, when, I, when a female interviews the the person outside of a male interview because it gives, like, the guys obviously could be more comfortable around a female. Right. Right. And then, not to mention, I'm a, I'm a female who's, I'll bring crazy ass shit up, too. And <laughs> at the time... You know, we were on a break from the Butcher coming tour. So um, we had a break in L.A. before we had a San Diego show. So it was great because we got to talk about some of the tour and shit like that. He was like, yo, he said something like it's dope to have a female DJ because, you know, she's knocking on my hotel room door with like, here's some honey and tea. Make sure your voice is good for tonight. Like, you know, these male DJs don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, whatever, yo. They're coming backwards in Corona. Exactly. Like, here, yeah, take a shot of Hennessy, hit this blunt, and, uh, you know, fuck your voice. It's all good. I got you. But me, on the other hand, I'm like, yo, you know, you got, like, somebody like Benny has plenty of hype men. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm on stage with Ido, it's just, usually it's just me, Ido, and Boo Boo. So I know every single one of Ido's tracks, but I'm too busy making sure that needle don't skip and shit like that. So if I, I notice he's about to not say a word, you know, I got to grab the mic in. real quick and yeah. <laughs> So I'm willing to do it, but, you know, I'd rather have your voice be fully intact. <laughs> well, who so taught we can you have the full performance. Who taught you, like, how to do, like, techniques like that? Like, when it looking like they're going to skip a word and you come in? Because somebody had to teach you that. You know, that was, it was all from experience. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So, I, you know, I've done, I've done a lot of, a lot of big shows. I was on, when I first moved out to California, I was on the Smokers Club tour with Be Real, Method Man, Red Man, um, it was a uh, Mick Jack uh, Mick Jenkins. I, oh, I'm terrible. I just fucked his name up. Uh, there was a lot of people. <laughs> Burner jumped on it, um, and I was DJing for YSP from the Ranges. Um, so that was my first major tour, and I learned so much on that tour. It wasn't even funny. Um, I learned a lot from that tour. So from there on, I started realizing to pick up on certain things and. Um, it's just, that's just kind of how it all came together. Okay. So it was definitely experience. I definitely taught myself that stuff. Um, you know, and, and once you do a couple of shows with an artist, you can usually tell if they're going to have a weak spot somewhere. Um, if they don't already know, you know what I mean? Like, yo, on this verse, I might come down a little here, but I can also put show tracks together so I can fix that in so many different ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to say like that you learned during your first major tour instead of actually having the answers. Like, yo, I partied so much during my major tour, first major tour. Mm. For me, I'm very, wait till after the show. I might have a drink beforehand, um, might have a drink or two while I'm on the stage, but I stay sober. Until I know shit is is together and where it needs to be, because it's just it, it, it's how I am. I've had um somebody from BSF. I want to say it was like Duffel Bag Hardy or somebody was like, "Yo, Beans, you mad militant at these shows," and I was like, "Yo, but look, I'm gonna tell you right now, if Benny's mic ain't right, if somebody's mic ain't right, yo, first of all, it ain't gonna come down on the DJ because they're gonna look at me. But second of all, we we're here together to put on this show, yeah. so I gotta make sure everything's right in order to put the show on, you know." Well, and plus, too, like, uh, when you 
go with 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 like mistakes and like uh what's the word I'm looking for errors throughout the show that can lead to something else. It's like people walking out and you don't want that. Exactly, and you don't want it to come down like you want to get booked for more shows. So you don't want you know somebody God forbid puts out some footage on some hater shit and a promoter is gonna be like oh well this motherfucker fell off the stage and. <laughs> You know, like, he kept dropping the mic or, you know, whatever it may be. It's going to keep you from getting other shows. And when it really comes down to it, if the fans ain't going to come to your shows, you ain't got a show. Yeah. So showmanship is huge. Putting on a dope show is huge. You know, energy, everything. You know, fuck-ups happen, but it's the way that you recover from them. Yes. Um, and that's that's something that I'm big with, too. I have had, so, I mean, I remember me and Mass Pike Miles did a show in Connecticut one time. And the sound man came and flipped something on the on the fucking mixer, and the whole music shut down. And now Miles is a singer, but this was you know one of only the the first or couple shows we've done together. So you know he stopped and was like Beans, what the fuck? And I was like, Yo, it's not me. It wasn't me. <laughs> when now another artist, like for example, here's 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 an example of a fuck up that I'm gonna put it out there. So I um did the Sky Zoo and El- I DJ for Sky Zoo for the Sky Zoo and Elzai joint in L.A. Okay. And okay. Sky, Sky, I love DJing for Sky. That was the second time I've DJed for him. He's very professional. Um, so we go over the set ahead of time, but he'll tell me like, "Yo, stop a joint at this one. Stop it at this one." So the the song that he has with Elzai off um, the new album or whatever, he uh, he wasn't used to. He hadn't been doing the song with El before, so he had told me to cut it at a certain point. And now I knew this was the point I was cutting it because it was Elzai's verse. But in my mind, I was like, "Oh, he probably wants him to go acapella." <laughs> so I didn't say nothing. So I cut it and Sky turns around. And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, what happened? And I was like, that's what you told me to cut it. And he was like, oh, yeah, I fucked up. But <laughs> Elzai is a professional. So Elzai went fucking acapella and nobody had any idea. <laughs> so if, if you're working with professionals and you fuck up, it's going to be redeemed to the point that either nobody's going to know or you're still going to carry it on. So it's just as dope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But after he was like, damn beans, that's my bad. And I was like, yo, I really just thought you wanted him to go acapella. So I cut it, <laughs> you know, but, um, another artist, like if it wasn't Elzai, for example, somebody that might have been less experienced might have stopped rapping and fucked up the whole song. <laughs> and, and then what, you know what I'm saying? I can't pull it all the way back and start over and have it be right. Like, nah, it just wouldn't work. <laughs> So, you know, like you can't rewind these people's eyes. Exactly. So, you know, it's, you know, it's definitely a matter of who you work with and all that stuff as well. Okay. I like to hear like when somebody tells you like, yo, being you mad and militant, but that just shows it's like, I'm not here to like fuck her. I'm here to show the people a good time with this music. Right, we're working, and I'm going to have a blast on stage, believe me. I'm not standing there with resting bitch face. I'm jumping around, I'm fucking breaking my neck, i got a henny bottle in the air. I'm having a great time, that's my element. But up until that time, I'm tunnel vision. I have people all the time be like, yo, I met you at this show, and I'm like, oh, my bad, man. I'm, I'm just... I'm tunnel vision before the set. Like, I, all I'm focused on is I'm, I'm listening to bars. I'm making sure my cue points are where they need to be. I'm, I'm making nice with the sound man so he don't fuck our shit up. Like, I'm, I'm focused. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's so much fun, but it's my job. So I have to treat it as such. And, um, and, and like I said, for me, it's very important being a fan first. I know what I want to see when I go to a show. Oh, yeah. Especially you know? if you're a fan first and not just doing it for the money. Yeah, and, and, and me and Benny, 
you know, we were doing these shows when he only had, you know, 30, 40 people in the crowd and we were fucking killing it. It was a, it was great. You know, our chemistry on stage was amazing. Uh, same thing with Ito. Our very first show was so dope. The next day he was like, you knew crack at it. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that energy is huge. And, and it was pretty much the same thing with Crook. You know, the first show I DJed with him, he was like, oh yeah, Beans, that's dope. We going on tour. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um, and so it, it's a blessing. And I, I bring a different kind of energy too, because like you said, I'm a personality. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not scared to get on the mic and hype people up and throw some ad libs out there and make the crowd go crazy. Cause that's big too. You know, sometimes the, the artists, you know, they, they might just come running out all of a sudden. They might not come out and talk first. So, you know, it's, 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 you gotta get these motherfuckers hype. Sometimes the crowds out here, since weed is legal, they high as fuck. They're having a blast, but you don't know it because they just sitting there high as motherfuckers. So I might have to come out and do a little stand up and, say, and make a joke about my tits to make motherfuckers laugh. Like, whatever I gotta do. <laughs> but, 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 but it shows too, like, like, Engaging with the audience is a is like one of the top things you you should do at a show instead of just going on stage and waving your hands back and forth. Like engaging the crowd. You, crowd participation is so huge, and I'll tell you one of the dopest and one of the reasons too that's very motivating is if you've ever seen Master Ace perform. Whoa! He goes out by himself with no hype man, and he does like hip hop sing alongs and stuff. He don't need a hype man, and it's the hypest you know, I've ever seen crowds get. That man has the, the illest crowd control I've ever seen in my life. Ooh. And, you know, to go see one of your favorites, to go see one of these OGs, and you just watch them put on a, a show that you will never forget. It doesn't matter if there's 10 people in the building. You know what I'm saying? Like, that energy is just next level. It's it, You know, it, it makes a huge difference. Showmanship is huge. Stage presence is huge. Crowd participation is major. <laughs> Wow, I really wish I would have asked Master Ace about how does it feel going out with a hype man when he hit my phone, but uh, when he comes to Calgary, I'll make sure I'll be looking out on my gate. There's no hype man, so let's see if Bean was correct. Probably. Yep, yeah, <laughs> let me know. After you see him, let me know, because I'll tell you right now, that man, he just he went out there and did his damn thing. He's dope. He's dope. I got respect for that. Man, for somebody like that. Okay, I'll tell you like a little funny story since we're on this juice cruise. That <laughs> I was eating breakfast, and this is all new to me because you got to remember, I'm just like an average person. <laughs> Whatever. You're, you're low, guys. No, no, no. no well, I was just still in the process, but I was eating breakfast, you know, not thinking of anything. The motherfucker MC Shan just calls me out of nowhere, and he's like, Saskatchewan? Mm. I'm like, um, <laughs> don't, don't take no offense to this. But... <laughs> Is this MC Shab? Yes, MC Shab. I've been trying to get a hold of you for a minute. Let's knock this interview out. I'm like, I'm running home right now. And it was just history from there. But it's just the fact, like, you're sitting at breakfast and it's like, Saskatchewan? I'm like, this fucking MC Shab? <laughs> Yo, that's so dope. <laughs> Shout out to MC Shab and so Master Ace. Hell yeah. Yes, that's so dope, though. And it's, those are those kind of, that shit is motivating. It's inspirational. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, 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 but but you being an actual DJ though, I can only imagine like you get to be behind of them seeing them perform. So that must be a whole different rush. I, this it's one of my favorite things in life. I'm so blessed to have DJed for some of the greats and to been able to back people on some of the biggest shows. You know, DJing for Fat Lip at Dilla Day LA, um, RBX. Um, so many, I, I don't want to forget anybody, but <laughs> I, I've, I've DJed for some super legends and I've DJed alongside some super legends who've given me props. And 
that is the the dopest thing I could ever ask for in life. And the fact that I eat, sleep, and breathe this shit. Um, just, just to be able to, yes, just to be able to experience it, it's a whole different high. Like when I get the craziest post show adrenaline after I DJ for somebody dope and we have a dope show, I'm bouncing off the fucking walls. They're like, what is wrong with this? <laughs> <laughs> but I'd be, I'll be bouncing off the walls till seven in the morning. Cause I'm just so high off of that adrenaline rush. Yeah. Hitting the stage with these motherfuckers and just being a part of it, you know? Yeah. Cause you just can't go to bed after that. It's like, dude, I'm too excited. You know, like that. And I know what you mean by that adrenaline high. Yep. And not to mention, I mean, I'm the, I'm the DJ, so it's like, yeah, I'm not the one people are watching, but if I fuck up, I fuck up the whole show. I'm not, don't, don't put that evil on me. No, I'll be damned. Then everybody watching you after that little fuck up. <laughs> they can be like, oh, DJ Beans is DJ for the show's gonna suck. Um, well, one of the things I wanted to ask you, because you do interviewing as well, what are a couple of your favorite interviews? Like, let's say Beans is top three interviews. That are your personal favorite. Oh, man. I'm sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. You know what? That's hard because I've done so many between my own show and Be Real TV. Okay. Um, Benny was definitely one of my favorites. That was dope. Um, Interviewing Terminology and Deadeye on Be Real TV was dope. Um, I mean, recently... Of course, Ido, because I always try to ask questions that nobody's ever asked them. I, I, I tell people to give us like a good tour, uh, tour story that nobody's ever heard and stuff like that. So Ido told us a great story about him shooting 38 specials fucking MPC back in the day by accident. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a really good one. I'm, I'm going back to listen to that after this. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, a, it's a good one. And Ido's a character, too. So, you know, when you, when you end up interviewing somebody and um, Planet Asia. Okay. Planet Asia was great. I've interviewed him a couple of times, but there was one time on Be Real TV, he always spits a freestyle, and of course, he threw my name in the freestyle, and I was like, yup, <laughs> you're the man. Uh, but he's, he's so funny and so intelligent. Yes. So that's, you know, I've probably done a lot of really good ones with Bishop, too, but I was involved in most of those interviews as opposed to being the one on the other side. Really um, now? So you used yeah. to like help, because you said you used to do artist development too, so I'm guessing like you used to help the artists like get radio interviews, I'm guessing. So at one point, yes, when Bishop was making his comeback, I was his DJ for, for years. Um, and back in 2000, and I want to say 2012 is when we dropped the, the pre-formation before the reformation. Yes, album, I remember that. We dropped the pre-formation mixtape. And um, it came to a point I started giving him so much exposure that people thought he was from Boston. <laughs> and it was hilarious. I'm like, y'all don't know who Bishop Lamont is? Stop cussing, y'all. Right. I'm like, that was Dr. Dre's protege and shit. So, um, uh, I, I have I, I've done that for a lot of artists. There's a lot of artists who I've kind of helped put in position to to make it big. You know, just to get them in the right hands. And I know enough people that I can just be like, yo. You want to have them on your show? You want to interview them? Like, I've been there, done that, but you, you do it. It's going to get more exposure there. So, um, I actually kind of live for that shit, too. I love making the connections between people and and watching shit organically happen from it. Well, and also, you said something, too, about, like, um, you used to have to tell people... Yo, just don't bring up aftermath. Like, can you bring up something else? Because this but, uh, shit... it gets redundant. <laughs> like, yo, he's done shit, so much shit outside of aftermath. Yes. Ask, you yes. know what I'm saying? Like, ask him about the movies he might have been an extra in. Oh, I, you know, uh, well, him... I was gonna say uh, he made me watch this white girl movie called Havoc because he had the song in that, and that movie was crazy. Man, he was on. He had songs on video games and shit. You know, it's like NBA. Yes, yeah, NBA right? Jam. Yeah, and um. 
Damn, what was the other joint? Oh no, maybe that is the one I was thinking. But I think, I, oh, he was in one of the, one of the carjacking joints. Oh, Need for Speed Underground. That's what it was. Yes. yes. So you know, there's, there's so many things that you can ask, and he's another one that's hilarious and intelligent. So when you have somebody with that combination, you're gonna get answers to things that you can ask the same question to another artist, and you're gonna get a quick little answer and be like, oh, okay, dope. And with him, you're going to get some background, you're going to get some facts, you're going to get knowledge, and he's going to make you piss your pants laughing. So, you know, it's <laughs> that kind of shit is key. It's like, all right, so any DJ that I would hit up, I would just be like, yo, do me a favor, don't ask about Aftermath. If he wants to talk about it, he'll talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's questions like, that you should ask, and there's questions that you shouldn't ask. Right. And I understand wanting to know. I mean, it's, it's the same thing with what Vish has to deal with constantly, with being on the sidelines and people coming at him oh, all the time with Eminem this and <laughs> yeah. Royce this. And, you know, it's like, well, goddamn, do y'all know Vish is a dope-ass rapper, too? Yeah. Like, why don't y'all get to know Kid Vicious? Because if you didn't know who he was or who his connections were, would you be up his ass like this? God, you think he sleeps next to Eminem's fucking bed and, and knows the answer to all this shit? Leave the man alone. And even if he does, you think he's going to tell you on Twitter? Fuck out here. Shout out to Vish, my guy, man. Cause Hell I, yeah. Because a lot of people, man, like... Uh, this is what I always give credit to Vish for, too. Because before any of this shit happened, too, like, I met him, like, two years before anything, then being the, he was the first guest I ever had, so it was just destiny, it's like, yo, Vish, I fucked with you since second volume two, and I'm keeping a buck, I didn't, I didn't hit volume one, but when I heard that second, second, I'm like, oh, Vish, 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 Vish that <laughs> yeah, and I didn't, and I didn't know about Vish, because I knew Royce first, so like, I went to a Royce show in Boston, and he brought Vish, I didn't even realize Vish was his brother till I had said something to Royce. He was like, oh, no, my brother smokes, though. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. And then I, you know, I started listening to Vish's shit. And, and it's actually, I realized that that's the first time I heard Ty. Okay. When, when I saw Vish pushing um, Feel Nothing. Yes. And I heard that. And, oh, man, that's one of my favorite yeah, joints. They killed the video. Every, that track is so dope. Off Route 39, and, if y'all want to listen. Yes. Definitely. I play that song all the time. It's one of my favorites. Um, and so I realized later when I'm listening to it, I said, oh, shit, Ty. I knew I heard your name in so many different places. People tried to be like, oh, it's because of Royce. And I was like, nah, it's not because of Royce. It's somewhere else. <laughs> and then when I saw that, I was like, oh, shit. So Kid Vicious is actually the one who ended up putting me on to him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Now, and then um, I like to say this, too, because a lot of people, I like how you brought that thing about the Eminem thing, because a lot of people like, yo, um, Eminem was the first to rhyme over a Royce the Five Nine track. Actually, Vicious was. Uh, right. <laughs> I always have to throw that out there because cool people, <laughs> exactly. Y'all can think whatever, you, whatever you want to think to help your little cosign need nexus. <laughs> but guess who was on there first? You damn right. Yes, and and plus, um, somebody told me something too. It's like uh, never forget who gave you your first shot because they done something for you that you can never repay them for. It. See, and I'm the big asshole that can't remember the fucking DJ's name in Florida. I'm, the, I'm that asshole. But, I am that asshole. But, but I will you still kind of, but you remember. That I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> but but you also give a lot back to the culture too. Like you don't have to have like somebody like an Eddie Kane or like Marv on your show, but you do it because you generally fuck with their music. Exactly. And they deserve that kind of credit. You know, that's why I'm, I'm going to them first because I want them to get exposure. Hey, a year later, if they want to still be able to use that interview, guess what? Like they can prove it. Hey, people have been paying attention to me and stuff like that. And, 
And that that's that's me. I'm I'm a DJ to put this dope music in people's ears. If I wanted to be in the spotlight, I would be a rapper or some other shit. But you know, I'm a DJ because it's my passion is to is to to put people in the position that they need to be in. And if for me, maybe I not might not have a million listeners, but I got thousands. And out of those thousands, if three or four people are then put onto this artist, I did my job. I'm satisfied. Yeah. I see, I like how you said that too. And said, I said, unless three or four people hit my bank account, I'm satisfied. But if they got the music instead, you're satisfied. I, then I'm exactly. I'm doing my job. I might not be a fucking gazillion out, gazillionaire out here and shit, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very rich when it comes to you know the the love and and this and this and it comes back in this kind of thing where I'm about to drop my album, you know, and, because I do this and I don't ask for nothing. So when I do ask for something. Nobody hesitates, and that's amazing. Yeah, that is that is such a beautiful reward. And I swear, me and you are the only personalities who know that Walker's album might be happening. Okay, so I'm gonna <laughs> tell you right now, it's gonna happen. And okay, okay, I'm gonna have okay. some words. I'm gonna have some words with my boys because me and Rim and uh, we've been talking about. I was gonna do a Walker's mixtape, so we started putting that together. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go into any more details because then I'm probably going to have to give out information that I'm not I'm not supposed to be giving out. Okay. But it's going to happen. Because if they don't drop this damn album, I promise you I'm going to be dropping a mixtape. Oh, my so. God. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> it's something I've been wanting to do for over a year. I actually am sitting in front of my whiteboard with the notes for the mixtape for when it still does happen. Because it will happen, but... I understand what they what they're gonna do with the album is it's necessary and it's it's now it's in even more it's in a high demand. Yeah. You know, Rome is making so much noise. Um Rim, I feel like he's gonna start getting more recognition, but he gets a good he gets good recognition, but he needs to be recognized out of being Sean Price's protege. Yeah. Because Rim is so dope. And what I love about Rim is to me he reminds me, and I'm not saying his style and flow and shit, but versatility wise, he reminds me of like Ludacris or Redman. Yeah, because the underground style version. Exactly, because he can put out a song like For Why that's hilarious, <laughs> but it bangs. And then you can put out a song like Word Monk and spit these motherfuckers under the table. Like his his versatility is dope. He's hilarious. He's comical. He's animated. So when you watch his videos and stuff like that, you got to love watching it because he's, like I said, he's animated. Yeah. He's not, you know what I'm saying, just standing there back against the wall fucking rappity-rapping. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's got facial expressions, his body movements. Rim is so dope for so many reasons. <laughs> and and every single one of the walkers has their own style and their own personality. But they mesh so well. They mesh so well. And they're all real as fuck. They're some of the realest dudes in the world, which makes you love their music even more. Yeah, because you can relate to them. It's like, wow, they're just like us. Exactly. And they always will be. Billionaires, trillionaires, packing fucking stadiums and all that. These dudes ain't going to change, and you know that. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that. I love that about them. Well, I'm glad to hear that there's other people out there that, you know, are looking forward to these guys coming out, too. Because when that album comes out, that shit's going to change their DMs. I'm saying. <laughs> shout out to Wavy the God. He's got some production on my on my album. Okay, okay. Um, shout he's to- super dope. Spoda, Eddie Kane, Bub. Like, they're all just, they're all so dope. And for y'all that don't know, you know, we got Rome Streets and Ty Ferris are in the walkers and... China Streets, John Jay. China Streets is dope as fuck. Shout out to China Streets, yo. China Streets. Yo, not only is she a real fucking G, oh man, I love that girl, but she can spit. I love me some China. So that's another thing I won't speak on, but I promise you this year, 
you guys are going to see a lot more from China. Ooh, and, okay, um, okay. You know, one of the reasons I love her so much is because she has to deal with being the woman of somebody who's coming up real big. So motherfuckers always just try to get to her to get at Rome and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I noticed And they that. overlook that she's got talent too. And I love that Rome put her on the last album on tracks with Riggs and, and the joint with just them. Like, because it, it, it their back and forth shit is just, I'm, well, not back and forth, but like the way they tell stories, I yeah. should say is incredible. A lot of people don't do that anymore. So he gave her some recognition without, you know, putting her out there like that. He's just giving her a chance to spit her skills. And it's just dope because she, she don't, I don't want to say she needs that because she can do it all by her damn self. Oh yeah. But you know, having to deal with that bullshit and constantly having people trying to get at her because they trying to get it wrong or whatever it may be, or not paying attention to her. They, they be scared about something because it's Rome's girl. No, fuck that. She's a fucking dope rapper. She's a dope individual. She's smart. She's, she don't take no shit. I just, I love that girl. And y'all need to go check out her upcoming. She gave an amazing interview on this podcast. And I like how you said that, um, People be trying to, like, get to her because of Rome. I'm so glad I did it, right? Because I didn't even know she was with Rome when I first interviewed Rome. And then after a while, I started discovering the walk. Because I was like, China streets. And it I wasn't... didn't even put the streets thing together. Two and two together. I didn't, it took me a minute. I'll be honest. It took me a minute. I think, somebody, I think he ended up having to say something about it. And, or I think it, and like, is it in 96 Naughty or, or Fly Zone? I think it's the one of JR produced. Okay. Well, no, no, like the one, uh, oh, damn, I'm trying, now it's going to kill me. But I want to say maybe it was like Fly Zone with Eddie Kane or something. And he said something about like, yeah, me and China Streets. And I was like, oh, oh. I get it. I get oh. it now. And I'm like, well, good. I already liked her, so I don't care. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like when I actually put two and two together, I'm like, I want to be like, oh, I'm dumb. But I'm not dumb. It's good because uh... I didn't look at that, that, that kind of shit. I don't need to look at that because I'll be honest. It might not have made me get closer to her at first because I would have been like, oh, I don't want her to think it's because I'm trying to fuck with her. Yeah, like, but when you, you discover her music and then find out after that she's with Rome, it's like, wow, it's a fine. I already liked her anyway. Yeah, and, and Rim's actually, the Rim put me on, or was it Bub? Might have been both of them, but I know Rim had been like, yo, these girls are in the walkers too, and she was the one that grabbed my attention first. Uh, God forgive me, forget, I forget the other girl's name. Oh, um, Alligator. I, I know all of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's dope too, though. Like, I've watched a lot of her shit, but for me, you know, China just really the one grabbed that my out. attention. Yes. Yep. That vanity she released. Oh, my God. That oh, video man. Fire. Yeah, she's a beast. She's a fucking beast. <laughs> yes, I can't wait for her to start dropping videos and stuff. She's going to kill it. <laughs> oh, she and I, and I, it was great. I saw, like, Rim. Oh, I don't even know who tweeted something, but all I saw was a tweet. Because, all right, for me, I'm very limited to, I, I limit my social media scrolling. I scroll, like, a few posts, and then I sign out because the shit's depressing. But uh, one of the first uh, one of the first tweets I saw the other day was China went at Rim and Bub. And wavy and was like, I want all the smoke with you motherfuckers. And I'm like, see, this is why I love her. And you already know she's going to come so correct on these tracks with them. Like, I just, I love to see it. I love to see it. Man, and, and you know, wavy smart ass probably said something. Oh, man. And then Bub's going to end up putting one of the nobody and wavy posts up. And you already know. That's why I, prob I probably should go back and check on that tweet and see what's been responded. I'm sure there's fucking gifts galore on there. Oh, you know. Shout out to the guy, Wavy Bub, and everyone from the Walkers. Hell yeah. Um, well, DJ Beans, uh, this is a question that I ask all my guests at the end of each interview. Now, before anything, um, 
when I used to listen to interviews, I used to like hear for that little bit of motivational, even if it was like a 10 or 15 second snippet that they were saying, it always like changed my way. So maybe there's a young woman out there or a young female artist that really looks up to you, but she's just kind of stuck somewhere mentally and what what you say could actually help her. So with that being said, do you have any words for somebody in a dark place trying to see the light? Absolutely. Um, I was one of those people in the dark place. I still have my moments. Um, but it doesn't matter what you are trying to overcome at the end of the day. You know this is if it's your passion and you love it, you can try to leave it, but you're always going to come back to it. So rather than leaving it and putting yourself 10 steps back, just push. Pull yourself out of that dark place and do what you got to do with your passion to make yourself happy and to keep on going. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's really the most important thing that I can say, no matter how hard shit is, no matter how people might be talking about you, especially if you're a female in the game, somebody's always going to try to say they fucked you or they did whatever it may be. All you need to do is stay true to yourself and push for your passion and not worry about what nobody else thinks. Cause at the end of the day, your talent and all that is going to shine through. That's a fact. I hope all my female listeners out there who actually look up to DJ Beans or even got inspired by her today take that into consideration. I really appreciate you, Lo. Thank you for having me. This was dope. It was great to chop it up with you. I appreciate you, and I appreciate what you do for the culture, man. Or anytime, you too, Beans. And when you come back, drop that Deadly Venoms. Uh, come back, and let's break it down track by track. Please. I would <laughs> love that, and I will send you an advanced copy. Oh, you don't have to, Queen, but I appreciate it anyway. Oh, I got you, though. I got you. I appreciate you so much. All uh, right, anytime. Queen, is there anything that you like to plug in before I let you go, Beans? No, that's it. I appreciate you. Go to djbeans.com, spell beans with a Z. Check out mixtapes, interviews. I do voiceover work. Go go take in some DJ Beans. 